0: hello and welcome to the food underfoot podcast this is your host melissa sakulski and welcome to another edition So today I spent the day, well, I spent the morning in a park, a local park, looking for morel mushrooms. I was successful in that I found a few half-free morels, and that was very exciting. Then I went home to wait for the electrician. He did not come, so I went back out to a different park and looked for morale. unfortunately was not successful there but i did have fun filming uh, or videotaping what's it called now with your iphone i don't even really know but i recorded some footage for a new skillshare class that i am putting together so last year i did one in the early early spring called drawable edibles drawable wild edibles and it was an early spring edition so i just am working on filming another one that has different plants and different iterations of the same plants from before so that should be fun today i looked at burdock and garlic mustard that's flowering but i also looked at some beautiful native plants like trout lily and mayapple, violets are in bloom right now. So that was a lot of fun. I put that together. I also did some nature journaling myself in the woods. I was sketching some trillium, which is another native flower, and some mayapple, which is just a gorgeous and fun plant to draw. So even though I wasn't successful at finding morales, I did have a lot of fun in the park this afternoon. And if you haven't seen our Food Underfoot, full color digital monthly magazine, the April edition the April issue is all about Morel mushrooms and other spring mushrooms that you can find out right now. Um, I looked. I focused on three different kinds of morels: black morels, yellow morels, and the half-free morel. That's the one I found today. And I also focus on dryad saddle, which is another edible mushroom that's out right now. And then we looked at some other mushrooms that you might find that maybe aren't as delicious as the other ones but uh and not edible necessarily but they're cool all the same so if you haven't seen that it is you can find it on our patreon page which is com slash food underfoot so that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash food underfoot And the magazine is available. You can pick that up for a monthly donation, a monthly fee. It's pay what you can. You can start as little as $3 a month and go up from there. And any amount will get you that magazine. Not only the April edition, but all the past editions, which there's February and March, and all the future editions. And you'll also get some other bonuses like the posts on Patreon that are locked will become unlocked for you once you become a patron. So that should be fun and the magazine is really wonderful. It's really worth it. Uh, So go over there and check that out. And what else do I have for you today to share with you? Uh, So far I have done A walk this month, and I have three more coming up next weekend. So, if you are in the Pittsburgh area and you are hearing this, I believe the one for Earth Day at Frick Park on Sunday is filled. But I'm leading two walks on Saturday for Tree News T R E E N E W S dot info. And then on that page, if you look at their events, you will find my walks and you can sign up through them. I am doing the walks for them. So um, they're organizing it, And but it will be for you. If you show up, you'll, you'll find some wonderful wild edible plants. There are so many out right now. It is just a fun time of year. And so we're gonna see a lot of things, talk about a lot of things. And that should be fun. That's this weekend, which is April 24th and 25th, 2021. Um, You can find all that information also on our Patreon page. You don't have to be a subscriber. There's a lot of other content on there, a lot of pictures, a lot of information. uh, So you can check that out. Also, we have a Facebook page, Food Underfoot on Facebook, has a lot of information, as well as my regular blog which is on blogger blogspot so it's foodunderfoot.blogspot.com I think but I'm sure if you search food underfoot it will come up. Okay so what shall we talk about today? I am in a parking lot waiting for my daughter to be done with her lacrosse game. You can probably hear the cars coming in and out. I should have taped this while I was in the woods, it would have been a much more peaceful experience. But I am in a parking lot in the middle of the city. So instead of bird song you're going to get some car song. Um, okay, well why don't we talk about native versus naturalized versus invasive native versus naturalized versus invasive so those are some of the categories that you plants can fall into um, today I found I was looking at a lot of beautiful native plants, native wildflowers I saw spring beauty, trout lily may apple some violets are native what else did i find um well those are native plants and oh i the cut leaf toothwort which is definitely one i want to mention that is a native mustard in the mustard family Uh, A lot of those natives you'll find deeper into the woods, in more undisturbed areas. Um, Some of the invasive and naturalized, those plants are both, that means they're not native to America. So they were brought here by settlers or colonists or uh, Americans who or people who wanted to bring plants over for landscaping for food all sorts of things and they come from other places they come from asia they come from europe but they are not native to america like the other plants that i mentioned so some very common plants are not native like dandelion burdock um Japanese knotweed, garlic mustard. So some plants, plantain is another one, now some plants they're not native but they are not really causing problems to the native plants or native animals. Uh, That would be some of the violets you see. Some are native, some are not, but they uh, they're living in harmony. They're not encroaching anybody's habitat. Um, Dandelions, a lot of people don't like them. I don't know why. They're one of my very, very favorites. They're not native, but they're not invasive. Some people would like to think that they're invasive because they do seem to invade people's lawns with beautiful golden blooms, but they're really not causing a whole lot of trouble. Um, Another one that's sort of on the border is burdock. So burdock isn't quite classified as an invasive, but it is, some states classify it as a noxious plant. Noxious, like they don't necessarily love it in their space. It does, uh, all these plants tend to grow where you find people, so the deeper you get into the woods, the less dandelions you'll find, the less burdock you'll find. You find dandelions on people's lawns, in in parks, in places where people are. Plantain is another one that is not at all invasive, but it has naturalized here. It's found in everybody's lawn. In all the parks, any place you find people, you will find plantain. But then there are some plants like garlic mustard and Japanese knotweed. Those are invasive. They take over habitats from native plants. They're destructive. They uh, Japanese knotweed will kill all the other plants around it, so it will actually destroy habitats that it's growing into they have very very tenacious root systems very hard to eradicate Uh, same with garlic mustard is very easy to pull up but it spreads like wild fire it is really really hard once you get it to control the seeds just disperse and spread and one thing about the garlic mustard is you will find that pretty deep in the woods that has really encroached on the native plants and especially the cutleaf toothwort which I had mentioned earlier in the podcast cutleaf toothwort is a native mustard and garlic mustard is an invasive mustard and garlic mustard not only crowds out the native mustards like cutleaf toothwort but there is a certain butterfly that is now endangered. It is called the West Virginia white butterfly. It lays its eggs on cut leaf toothwort. It's a native butterfly and it lays its eggs on this native wildflower. And the caterpillars of the plant eat the cutleaf leaf toothwort as its food source. Sometimes when garlic mustard has invaded the area, the butterfly will land on garlic mustard and lay its eggs there. Garlic mustard is toxic to the caterpillars of the West Virginia White. So when the butterfly lays her eggs there, the caterpillars do not survive and because garlic mustard is so pervasive now that's happening more and more and the beautiful native butterfly is having a harder time surviving so that's just one instance of, a pro- of the problems with invasive plants so a lot of these invasive plants lucky for us, are edible. Both Japanese knotweed and garlic mustard are edible. Now, garlic mustard was originally brought here as a food source, as an herb and a green, whereas Japanese knotweed was brought here by Olmsted in Central Park for a landscaping. Um, it looks kind of like bamboo. It, it's not in the bamboo family, but it's, it was used for landscaping when it was brought here. And both of those have escaped their original plantings and, you know, have just taken over. But both of them can be eaten. I do not recommend purposefully planting them in your garden or yard or area to cultivate them. There is plenty to be found in the wild, and it's better to try to pull up garlic mustard by the roots and sort of eradicate it from an area and take some home and eat it than to try to transplant it or grow it. And you you, you don't want to do that because not only will you ruin your own landscaping, but you'll be propagating new plants that will escape your yard and just, you know, get everywhere. And the same with Japanese knotweed. You do not want to have that in your yard. It will kill all your other plants. The root systems, it becomes impossible to get rid of. So for both of those plants, just harvest them, forage them in the wild. Right now, early spring, is the perfect time for both of those plants. Um, The Japanese knotweed, you want to get it when it's still young shoot coming up. Once Once it branches and becomes a woody plant and flowers, it's not edible anymore. So it's right now when it's young, tender shoot. It has a very tart taste. It is quite delicious. You can pick it and peel it and just eat it raw as is, right as a trail nibble. Or you can bring it home and steam it. It's it's kind of like asparagus, but lemony. And garlic mustard is used, you can use that in salads. You can make pesto out of it. You can do almost anything with that. With the leaf, with the flower. The root of garlic mustard has a very spicy horseradishy kind of taste. And you can use that as you would use horseradish. For, in the earlier plants once it's flowered the root also kind of becomes woody and it's you wouldn't want to use it at that point. For me personally I tend to favor invasive and naturalized plants when I forage. I I stay away from native plants. I leave them Undisturbed. I don't like to disturb native plants. There's plenty to eat. That's not native and I'm not starving. And I just choose to, part of my philosophy of the sustainable harvesting is to leave native plants as they are. Every once in a while, I might take a few fiddleheads for one meal. Um, That's pretty much it. I really, I might, uh, violets I do eat. Uh, Violets are very sustainable to eat. So eating the flowers of the violets, eating a few of the leaves does not hurt the plant. Um, But spring beauties is one I mentioned. They have an edible tuber that grows underground and there are spring beauties all over. It's coming back more and more. It's a lovely plant. I've never tried the tubers. Maybe one day I will, but I just, um, it's, that's a native, beautiful native wildflower that I just don't want to disturb. Um, trout lily, I've eaten a leaf here and there. It's not my favorite. Um, the cut leaf toothwort, I would leave a hundred percent. I do not eat that. It is edible. I do not eat that. The butterflies need that plant way more than I do. Um what else have i mentioned may apple is of course toxic it's a very toxic plant the only edible part is the ripe fruit so when the fruit becomes ripe when it turns yellow and soft and comes off in your hand and you can eat it so of course that never hurts the plant to eat uh, ripe fruit deer love may apple fruit but um, they usually get them before we get them, so they are pretty good at out-competing us for mayapple fruit. But mayapple, you don't want to eat anything else, not the leaf, not anything else from the mayapple. That is a toxic plant, and you really even don't want to eat too many ripe fruits. It has the toxin, it is still in the ripe fruit, but just at much less concentration. So... Um, but of course, there's dandelion and burdock root and Japanese knotweed and garlic mustard. You can't get too much of those, and you can't. And I don't think anybody's gonna be disappointed that you pulled up some burdock root. And burdock root is actually available to buy at stores, as is our dandel- dandelion greens. So these plants are very nutritious. They're very delicious. And they are widespread available ourselves if we take the time and the effort to forge them and learn, of course, how to identify them. That is of utmost importance. And uh, I didn't go into that too much detail in this podcast. There are some wonderful guidebooks. There are some wonderful websites. Um, there are hikes you can take with naturalists and educators and foragers that can point these plants out to you and can describe exactly what you need to look for, the time of year there's a lot of things to make sure you have the exact right plant and the plant that you want. You need to be 100% 100 sure you have the plant that you intend to eat. Because there are toxic plants out, there are Poisonous. There are deadly plants out there and mushrooms as well. So we really need to be careful and, and very sure of ourselves and our foraging. Okay, well, that was today's podcast. I know we ended on a pretty serious note, but it is a beautiful spring day. I hope you are enjoying the weather and enjoying the outdoors and enjoying foraging. Remember, um, you can find a lot of information on our Patreon page. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash food underfoot. You can also find us on Facebook, Food Underfoot, and on my blog and a lot of places, of course, this podcast. So I'm so happy that you took the time to listen today, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.